Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's pretty amazing. Zach Wilson has gone from consolation prize to being likely better than Trevor Lawrence in the eyes of many. As Key told us, hang on, this roller coaster ride is going to go all the way till April 29th when the NFL draft is aired on ESPN and ABC and, of course, can be heard on ESPN Radio. Dari, Noka, and your guy, Mike T, will be there. With ready the first to go. pick of the 2021 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Oh! We knew it all gonna, along. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's, it, 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 everybody's like, Trevor Lawrence. And then all of a sudden, or with the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars trade out of the spot. They move to number two. The New York Jets move up to one. But then the San Francisco 49ers trade with it. I mean, it's just like, just wait till it happens. That's why we love this stuff. All right, so Mel's mock draft is out, ESPN+. Plus. He was just on our program. You can download it, Hour 3 of the podcast. Of course, he's got Trevor Lawrence going one. He's got Zach Wilson two. So he's got quarterbacks at one and two. At 10, he's got the Cowboys going defense. But Ed Werder, who has been around the Cowboys for decades, speculated on this possibility if they can't come to an agreement with Dak and utilizing the 10th pick here. Even if they franchise tag him, I think they have to consider drafting a quarterback with the 10th overall pick. Uh, with quarterbacks available in this draft, a continuing uncertainty about Dak Prescott's long-term commitment, I think they would have to consider drafting a quarterback, even though that's not the way Jerry Jones has operated. I mean, he's only done that once, and that was the first year. 1989 drafted Troy Aikman, number one. Overall, it's not a philosophy that he's generally embraced, but it did produce three Super Bowl wins, the only ones that have taken place in Dallas since Jerry's owned the team. Listen, Key, I heard this during the break. I, got, I, love, I love Ed. Only three. The only three. How many franchises are dying for one? They had three and did them in a span of just a handful of years. That's the problem, though. They did them so, you know, early. it wasn't spread out. It was just early like 90s. they early, just, they gobbled it up, and then they haven't really gotten back even close to a Super Bowl. So that's why it's like only three. We haven't seen a championship game or a Super Bowl performance from them or a Super Bowl appearance in a quarter century. What do you make of his thoughts, though? Oh, Mel has four this. quarterbacks going in the top eight. Um, so obviously quarterbacks, there's going to be a run on them. But what do you think of that possibility of doing that at 10 to bring somebody else in at quarterback? They have other needs other than quarterback. There are other needs on their team, like cornerback, for instance. Their secondary was poor. They've got to shore up some other spots. Quarterback, if they can't get a long-term deal done with Dak Prescott, you're drafting a young quarterback to do what? What are you doing? You're saving money? I guess that's the only – right? You, but the money ain't the issue. That's how they did it with Dak the first time, but though, right? Money, Fourth-round mo- pick. Money is not the issue. But they did that because Tony had been banged up. Mm-hmm. He was kind of long in the tooth. And that was more of a backup position opposed to a starter. So they kind of hit pay dirt, similar to what the New England Patriots was able to do with Tom Brady. They found a guy in the fourth round. New England found a guy in the sixth round. Now, Mm -hmm. the Cowboys would love to have half of the success that the New England Patriots had with Tom Brady. But they found a guy that they got cheap that they put into the starting lineup. Now the, the bill is due. Now they have to figure out how to pay that bill. And it's but not key, by going out and drafting another quarterback. But, Key, if they can't come to terms, if both people's egos would not get out of the way and they don't want to come to terms and you franchise tag them, don't you have to have a suitable backup plan? 
Don't back, you have to have something in the works where you can say, I can mold a younger player to uh, potentially be a bridge if we can't figure out or coming to terms with Dak? I wouldn't. If I was advising the Dallas Cowboys, I wouldn't draft a quarterback at 10, nor anywhere in the first round. I'd, the, money that the, the money that Dak turns down at $37 million, he bets on himself, he signs a franchise tag. We decide next year that we're not going to franchise tag him again for a $48 million number. <sighs> and we don't have to pay him the $150 million. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go find me a quarterback in free agency yeah. Yeah. that will take that same money that I could have allocated to Dak Prescott. That's what I would do if I was advising Jerry and Steven and Jerry Jr. That's what I would do. You could do that. Smart move. Then when you think about it, on the other side, you have to keep this into consideration as well. You think about it and you say to yourself, if I love this guy, and he's got all the leverage. Everything that Jerry Jones has publicly said about Dak Prescott makes it impossible to think they would take a quarterback with the 10th pick. Literally everything he has said, this is your team. You've got the leverage. I just can't see it happening. I respect that. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. He's got sources up and down the Cowboys organization. But literally everything that Jerry would say would go out the window if they did that. I- Yes, it would, but you you also got to understand, I wish Jerry would have elaborated on the leverage part and put a little more context on it because I think by not giving us more, everybody assumes that he's talking about the leverage right now versus the leverage that he played and was able to parlay that into an offer north of $100-plus plus million I think that was more of what Jerry was saying opposed to our quarterback was bad last year. Our team was bad. Dak wasn't playing. He has all the leverage now because if he had all the leverage now, they would be already the deal would already be done. Mm-hmm. So clearly, he doesn't have all the leverage. Could you look at it though, Zubin? And I hear what you're saying, but look, I I don't really I don't put a lot of faith into what a lot of people say when it comes to business, man. At the end of the day, circumstances change overnight, and teams feel like they have to do what's in their best interest. Absolutely, their best interest. Right. So it's fine that you can say all that stuff now. But if you if you felt like we didn't have a long term shot at retaining Dak and you wanted to draft a quarterback or there was somebody that one of your scouts was in love with that thought he had a chance to be the future. I mean, as quick as you fall in love with Dak is as quick as you can fall out of love with Dak, too. So I can't say it's not possible. Well, everything is always possible, Jay. It just doesn't make sense. I hear you. It doesn't make sense, because if you take a quarterback and you don't address other positions of need that's important for you to be successful, you'll be back in the same position you were this past season, trying to figure out how to win six games to win the division. Let me ask you this. This is our poll question this morning. Is it, considering the circumstances, the contract, what it might be, a one-year deal, can they get a long-term deal done, the expectations on the Cowboys every year, that position in American sports, considering the unique position that person is in, is it a make-or-break season for Dak Prescott? Not if he signs a long-term contract. Right. Let's take that out of the mix if it's yeah. not by July 15th. It's another the year on the franchise tag. Yes. tag. Yeah. They're not close. That's what the a- reporting a- says. Absolutely. If, it's, if he does not sign a long-term deal and only signs a franchise tag, yes, because he has to prove to people that he's the guy, right? And that's a lot, man. Like, it's, well, it's, Key, I was going to ask you, what would it take? Like, what, when you say prove, 
Where would he have to take the Cowboys in order for him to prove that he's the guy for this franchise moving? I Man, they got to make a deep run in the playoffs, and he's got to be effective. He's got to be one of those uh, record break. He got to have a Deshaun Watson type year, uh, you know that type of performance and winning. He can't go out there and throw for twenty touchdowns and seventeen interceptions. I mean, he can't so do that. So similar to the performance he was having before he got hurt this year. I mean, because he, exactly. was, he was exactly. in that direction this e- year. Yeah. Exactly. He's got to have the pipe of performance, and he's got to win some big games. He's got to win some big games. It you know, it's not just as easy, Jay. Yeah. People think it's easy, right? They just think that, oh, the numbers. Oh, look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. These dudes that break down film and make decisions, they – the NFL owners and general managers, they're not looking to pay you. They're not looking to pay you. Let's just be honest with each other. They don't want to have to pay you. But they will if you make them, if you prove to them that you're worthy of big numbers. Patrick Mahomes proved to Kansas City he was worthy of those big numbers. Deshaun Watson proved to the Houston Texans, he was worthy of those big numbers. Dak Prescott have proved to us that he's worthy of the contract he wants. But has he proved it to the Dallas Cowboys and the people that make the decision? There's just so much that goes into that, Key, because if he gets tagged again, then that not only puts more pressure on you to outperform to a degree what you did last year, but now you're also hoping that the Dallas Cowboys have done the right thing with their defense to retool that to get you to a place where you're not just trying to outscore teams. Well, he's every got single a, game. He's got a look, man. If he signs a one year deal and he's betting on himself to hit free agency, if they don't resign him, that means that he's got to have a successful season. He can't have a subpar season and think that he's going to get the free agency and get the type of money that he thinks that he deserves, which is right. He deserves a big payday. There's no question about it, but he's got to perform if he's going to hit the free agent level because they they will use that against him in free agency if he has a subpar season and stays healthy and plays subpar, they're going to use that against him. Come on, man. Think about it. How's that ankle? What's going on? How's the ankle? Oh, my God. He had all the tools. He had all the BS. uh, Zeke was running well. Amari Cooper. They they had the the, uh, CD Lamb. They just going to point, and then they start poking holes in him and and start messing with his ability because – that's just what they want to do. couple things here. The offseason program for the Cowboys begins next month. So some of those answers on how he looks we'll be able to see pretty quickly. Uh, anything but a subpar. He used the word subpar. Anything but a subpar season for the Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk about their best and worst case scenario in one minute. But I just want to report our Diana Rossini, who joined us earlier in the program. You can check out her opinions on make or break quarterbacks in hour two of the podcast. Tweeting this just moments Ago, Houston continues to avoid conversations with teams in regards to trading Deshaun Watson per sources. They are refusing to trade their franchise QB. How about this? You, that, that, that's the gravy boots key. That's called digging in and not budging. We'll talk about the Bills here in a second, but what do you make of this report that they are dug in? Deshaun ain't going nowhere. So they dodge the teams. What are they doing? Pushing ignore on their phone? I mean, like, what are they, like, go Decline. You got to hit the decline button. Yeah, ignore, decline. Like, what what are they doing? Look, what I would say here, Jay, is they've got to make a decision sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. And the longer they wait and play this standoff game, as long as Deshaun Watson 
keeps his heels planted firmly, he'll be fine. He's got to believe, though. He can't tell them he's not going to play this year and then come in like Melvin Gordon later on. If once you say to the Houston Texas, I'm not playing, period, no matter what you do, find me, take my money, I'm not playing, then you'll see. He's got a Le'Veon Bellet if he's, if that's really one he, really the way he feels. He's got to stick to it. Can't, you know can't threaten it and then yep. not do it. This is, this is economics. If you have money in the bank and you feel stable, then you dig your hands, you dig your heels in the sand. You hold it. But I'm not, I'm not saying this pertains to Deshaun Watson, but, Key, you and I have both known a lot of players that just because on paper – they make a lot of money. Doesn't mean that they've saved a lot of their money. And you know a lot of people in this life make decisions based upon if they need the money or not. If Deshaun Watson doesn't need the money, then you do not play. Yeah, if if if, if he's willing to forfeit, if he's willing to forfeit this year's salary or a portion of this year's salary to get out of Houston, then go for it, brother. I'm backing one hundred percent and it's supporting him. A lot of money him. though. Well, I mean it is it is a lot of money. James Harden and I know it's a different sport, told the Houston Rockets, you can keep that $100 million. Over two I don't, years. I Oof. don't want to play for you. Now, if they came you. to me and you, <laughs> and they said, you know what Oof. I'm saying? That's a different conversation. We think differently. We stay in the Houston, kid. We, we, yeah, we're going to figure out how to rehire another coach and get rid of, you know, we're we going to figure it out. It's different. Everybody's circumstances and situations are different. You know, when you think about that $100 million over two years, 50 a year, and a guy says, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I don't need another contract. I just want to get out of here. Some players are like that. And, and when I was in Tampa Bay, to bring it back to myself, personalize it for a minute, the year that we won the Super Bowl the next year, I told uh, I said, man, I'm putting my house up for sale after training camp. I'm going to play this season, and no matter what, extension or not, I don't want to play here anymore under John Gruden. So we can play the course of the season. And I'm not at the end of I, no matter of money, no matter I'm, I don't want to be here. When players get to that point, you have to move them, period. And Deshaun has yet to get to that point publicly. Yeah, we saw it with one Houston basketball superstar, as Key said, with Harden. It seems to be we're going to see it if Key's rationale is correct with Watson, even though the Texans have dug in. It's a Texas two-step. You need you need a partner to dance, but right now the Texans are I saying see you, don't Zuber. call. You don't been to enough weddings. I see you, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll tell well. Wedding the, crashers with Zubin. Well, Deshaun and the Texans are heading for a divorce. So the wedding was nice. The mm. marriage was nice. But it seems it's going to end in divorce. The Texans are completely rebuilding. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including our next one on the Goodyear Hotline. This team, for the first time in, oh, I don't know, almost a quarter century, is not rebuilding. We're going to run through all 32 before it's all done. We've just hit a handful of teams, so the chances are your team is still to come. And if your team is the Buffalo Bills, this is your moment. Let's welcome in Marcel Louis Jacques, who covers the Buffalo Bills for ESPN. Let's ask both questions right off the top. Coming off an amazing season, they've got the 30th overall pick in this draft. That's what happens when you make the conference championship game. Won the AFC East to throne the Patriots. Back-to-back playoff appearances for the first time since 98 and 99. So if you're riding, Marcel Louis, all of that momentum, the best-case scenario for the Buffalo Bills this offseason would be? J.J. Watt sees them as 
the next best contender in the NFL, takes a massive pay cut, and joins this squad to boost that pass rush. Last year, Jerry Hughes was probably their best pass rusher, and it wasn't. It just wasn't enough. They spent so much money on the defensive line, and it didn't necessarily show. They, they, they could pressure their quarterback later in the season, but it just took them too long to gel, and they still lack that dynamic pass rusher. So J.J. Watt's addition completely changes the face of that defensive line. The pay cut means that they're not giving him anything crazy. They're not, they're not hurting their chances at some of their other free agents, and it gives them another veteran leader in the locker room. So best-case scenario, J.J. Watt comes up north. Everything for this franchise is moving in the right direction. But, as the guys just referenced, people are in love with you until they aren't. So things can change quick in sports. Worst case scenario for the Bills this offseason would be? They miss on all of their big their big free agents in-house. Matt Milano walks. Darrell Williams walks. And they're forced to use a franchise tag on either one of those two or John Feliciano. They they're not exactly cash strapped quite yet. You know, this isn't a, a New Orleans Saints or an Atlanta Falcons situation, but they're going to have to move some money around in order to make any sort of move. Some guys are going to have to be they're they're going to have to be released. They're going to have to take restructures, and if they don't agree, they're going to play elsewhere in 2021. So I think the worst case scenario would be the Bills move that money around. They cut some of their veterans. They they lose some of that chemistry in the locker room. And they're still unable to sign one of their marquee in-house free agents. Fascinating perspective. They are on the brink and have been on the brink of the Super Bowl. Now it's about getting over the top and maybe, just maybe, J.J. Watt provides it. Marcel, thank you very much. Of course. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Okay, so the best case scenario, clear. Get the guy they need to put him over the top. The worst case is the guy that have helped them get there to this point, walk. Well, what they better do, though, is figure out how to – extend Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, they can pick up the fifth-year option. They got time to do that, but they need to figure that out in their plans as they retool whatever it is that they want to do with contracts, factor that into the plans. The salary cap has been dropped, as you know, you, we all know around that $180 million mark. There's a number of guys that they need to re-sign or address in terms of contract issues. And I think Brandon Beam and, the, and his capologist can figure it out. He's been a terrific general manager for the Buffalo Bills since coming over from the Carolina Panthers in a role in personnel over there. Um, so, look, they're a young football team. They're, the window is open for them to have success on the long haul. Why not do it now? I, I would say one of the worst-case scenarios, too, is, you know, Josh Allen – was a guy in the MVP conversation this year, right? Um, that he regresses for some reason, Key. Uh, for some reason, something happens this year where he just, I mean, look, he does run the ball a ton. We've talked about that. If that's an injury or if that's something that happens that makes him regress and he doesn't have the same kind of thrust he's had before, there's no doubt I think he should be in MVP conversations for years to come, but there is that chance that something just doesn't click this season. There is always that chance. I mean, there, there, there is no, you know, no given, no, no guarantees in the National Football League. Once a book is out on you over a number of years, these defensive coordinators are paid a lot of money to study film. Their understudies are paid a lot of money to help them figure out what a player is like. And, you know, guys been in the league for three, four years, that'll tell you a lot. When a guy, first year, I'm not asking you to do a lot. Second year, yeah, just contribute. Third year, Pro Bowl, when you know, Pro Bowl type status. Mm-hmm. Fourth year, 
franchise status. And by the time you get to that, and when you get to that fourth and that fifth year, if you're still doing the same things that you essentially did in your third year and better, that's when I know you're the guy. And I think Jay raises a great point because you don't have to even look that far for Jay's example to happen. I mean, think about a guy in the very same draft class as Josh Allen. We saw the ascension for Baker Mayfield, and then Mm. he had that regression. Like, there's no doubt. And that obviously ascended again. But to Jay's point, year to year, the Browns are going to have that breakout year. It happened. It happened a year later than everybody thought because while Baker was playing well, they just expected it to keep going up, up, up like a big-time stock that just won't go down. And then it plummeted. So I think that's a really good point by Jay. Just a reminder, today on the ESPN Daily, and by the way, if this story was about an NBA or an NFL superstar, we'd be talking about it for four hours. But this is hockey, but it's still a very big geopolitical story. One of hockey's biggest stars is also a vocal opponent of Russian President Vladimir Putin. We get the inside story on allegations that this star is facing and how it might relate to Russian politics. That's on the ESPN Daily Podcast. Listen on your favorite podcast app. On the way, the Celtics thought they had yet another version, the latest version of a big three, but they might end up with a big zero. Our NBA analyst unleashes on what's going on in Boston. That's next. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. J.J. Watt, as you might assume, has offers from multiple teams. According to our Diana Russini, her sources say the most lucrative offer Watt currently has on the table is believed to be worth $15 and $16 million, somewhere between $15 and $16. He was scheduled to make $17 and a half in Houston, so that would be just a slight reduction, but right in the neighborhood of what he was expecting to make. We'll see. Very big story. We'll see how it develops. The Yankees' Domingo Herman apologized publicly for the accusations of domestic violence against him that caused him to have an 81-game suspension in Major League Baseball. This was such a big story inside the Yankees' clubhouse that fellow pitcher Zach Britton essentially said, you can't choose your teammates. A nice way of saying, I don't want this guy... On my team, I want to mention from Herman specifically saying this through the translator because of the language barrier. Quote, I want to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to the Steinbrenner family, my teammates, the front office, and those around me who love me. He went on to say, quote, I've made mistakes of which I'm not proud. And for that, I want to apologize. And to Yankee fans specifically, he apologized for not being available in the 2019 postseason. Also was saying he's done some inappropriate things on social media. He's got a long walk back that's for sure lastly black history always 
Cassius Clay on this day in 1964 over Sonny Liston. And, of course, Cassius Clay throughout the world was known, of course, as the one and only Muhammad Ali. And Sports Center is brought to you by Nature Valley. Feel the rush of a chilly morning. Embrace the possibility of the perfect snack and taste the crunch from 100% whole grain oats. Stay outside longer with Nature Valley Oats and Honey Crunchy Granola Bars. We are better outside and always better with our NBA conversation when we're joined by Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. He joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Perk, I just want to start a team that certainly needs a perk right now, a perk up, is the Boston Celtics. They've lost three in a row. They just got routed by the Atlanta Hawks. And you said that this is rock bottom for Boston. Take us inside what you made of yesterday's performance, especially on this big-time Celtics quote-unquote big three. I mean, it, it's just pathetic. And and from a former a former champion playing in Boston for eight and a half years, this is unacceptable. I mean, just think about it. Last night, we're talking about Gallinari, a guy that's probably not faster than me. Obviously, he could shoot the lights out, but he had 38 points last night. And with all that athleticism at the wing position with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Grant Williams and, Shimmy Ojale and, and all those guys they could have threw at him to slow him down and, and close out on him. They just let him go. And what that shows to me is that it's a lack of accountability. And now it's time to really start looking at Brad Stevens. Look, we praise Brad Stevens. I was a guy that has, has given him his flowers in the past when the Celtics are playing well. But right now, when you watch the Celtics on the defensive end and the offensive end, it's a lack of accountability. You have role players doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. I love Tristan Thompson, but I'm exactly. watching certain plays where he's catching the ball at the elbow and he's trying to go between his legs and do in and outs instead of going quick dribble handoffs with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown coming off and him rolling to the basket and being a lob threat at the rim. You're watching guys like Daniel Tice walking to three-point shots early in the shot clock on fast breaks. Like, those type of things are unacceptable. And what that goes to show me is that Brad Stevens is not holding these guys accountable. And last thing, all, all I keep hearing is when I say anything about Brad getting on players, oh, that's not in his demeanor. That's not who he is. What do you mean that's not who he is? Well, Big that's Perk, coach. Big Perk, I've been saying this from the beginning because, you know, when that whole Kyrie Irving situation happened, I said, okay, all the blame is going on Kyrie, but isn't it the head coach's job to manage personalities? And I was always worried about Brad Stevens because he's great at X's and O's, but managing and motivating personalities, that's a different conversation. So I'm on the same page with you. The question is, if Brad Stevens isn't it, who's the answer for the Boston Celtics at a head coaching position? Well, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but my thing is, is that, you know, we, we, you know, Boston is a is a city, and we we hold players accountable all the time, right? Not just in Boston, but overall, right? In the NFL, NBA, guys get held accountable. Brad has to get held accountable. It was times where when I was playing in in Boston, Doc Rivers got held accountable. It's just mm. that Brad is going to have to switch things up. If not then Danny Ainge got to go out and find someone else that's going to come in and not be afraid to address Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, and, and call them out in certain uh, situations or, or call a timeout and, and go crazy on the sideline. Like, you need that. I don't know who's the, 
who could be the coach or who could replace Brad. I'm not even saying that Brad needs to get fired. I'm saying that Brad needs to elevate and he needs to get better and elevate his 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 situation, elevate himself to help the Celtics because right now he's not doing anything anyway. It's crazy that the two teams that were in the Eastern Conference Finals are right now eighth and ninth in the Eastern Conference this yeah. year. Insane. So let's go from the East Coast to the West Coast out to L.A. How big of a statement last night was it for the Utah Jazz? Even though the Lakers didn't have A.D., Dennis Schroeder, there was still a part of me, Big Perk, that thought LeBron can do the LeBron-type thing, but Utah made a point. They did. And, and, and Jay, I'm going to say this, man. Utah – they are dangerous and they are serious, okay? They're not lacking at anything. And I thought last night was a huge statement win for them, but man, they've been beating everyone. Anybody, especially in Utah, this team has shooting. When you look at Joe Ingles and you look at Jordan Clarkson and, and Bondanovich, they have a elite wing defender that I feel like don't get enough credit in Royce O'Neal. And now Donovan Mitchell has taken that step. Uh, we all knew that he. We all know that he could put the ball in the basket. We witnessed that last year in the bubble. He's a guy that's averaging close to 25 points a game. But now he has taken that next step. What KG always used to say: when them superstars, when you start making guys around you better, and then they have two guys that can anchor your defense in Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. They're well coached. Look, I, I'm telling you this right now. On the, on the J. Will, Zub, and Key show right Uh-oh. now, okay, that I would not Keyshaw's be Keyshawn's going to get mad at that. His name is you. first, Big Perk. He's going to get mad at that. You said what? You said what now? <laughs> Key's name is first. Key's name is first. That's why, you know, he's still yeah, talking a little trash on yeah, that Yeah, I know. I, I, look, Key know, how, Key know how we rock. That's my boy. He shouldn't tell him don't be so Man, I, 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 Hey, 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 Perk, finish your, finish your <laughs> comment, man. Don't listen to J. Will. <laughs> no. No, but listen, what, I, what I'm saying is we should not be surprised if the Utah Jazz come out of the West this year. No, 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 Perkins. I'm not going to allow you to come on our show and say we should not be surprised. At full health, if the Lakers are healthy and the Clippers are healthy, are you taking the Utah Jazz to come out of the West? That's what I want to know. Yes, yes. I feel like the Utah Jazz could beat any team in the Western Conference in the seven-game series. I want you to think about this for a moment, okay? Last year in the bubble, the Utah Jazz took the Denver Nuggets to a seven-game series in the first round. Jamal Murray went crazy, like 50-point nights, right? And they were missing Bondanovich. Now they have upgraded. Jordan Clarkson has gotten better. They they added Derek Favors, uh, Royce and when I'm saying this is because yeah. why I'm saying this is because the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets went to the Western Conference Finals. If the Utah Jazz would have had Bondanovich last year in the bubble, I think they would have beat the Denver Nuggets. I think they would have beat the Clippers, and they would have gave the Lakers a run for their money last year in the bubble. So yes, I am saying that a fully healthy Lakers team, along with a full fully healthy Clippers team. The Utah Jazz can beat them and come out of the West. Yeah, oh. I don't even know what to say to that, Perk. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, you crushed me with that one, but that's okay. Let me ask you this I, though, Big Perk, you crushed me on that one. 
Can 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 Miles Garrett play in the NBA? Because me and Jay Will had a conversation about it today, based on some highlights that was on social media of him playing basketball. Can he play in the NBA though? Yeah, yeah. From the highlights I saw just now, I mean, the guy's too. Look, he looked like he weighed two hundred and seventy pounds with three three percent body <laughs> fat. All he has to do is set screens and roll to the basket. I mean, he's windmilling the ball, so he's showing us signs of athleticism and it wouldn't be hard for him to fit in with a team that all he, they need him to do is set screens and roll hard and rebound. I wouldn't want to go against him. And yes, I, I believe he can play in the NBA. How about, how tall is he? Six, what is miles? Six, five. I think he's about six. I think he's about six, six five. Four, six, five. Yeah. But is that, is that, I mean, look, PJ Tucker, I mean, I mean PJ Tucker stretches the floor and it's obviously a different game, but I mean, yeah, he could fit in a team perk. I mean, if he does his job, yeah, I mean, look, nowadays, Key, you have to realize, right, he, he could play the four, right? He could play the four. He possibly could play the five. Teams could go small. You don't have to be skilled nowadays to play the five position in the mm-hmm. league. I don't care what size you are. He's athletic enough to go catch lobs. He's big enough to set screens. He's big enough to box out and rebound. So, I mean, I could see him playing in today's game for sure. Hmm. Big Perk, you're my brother. I got to ask you because I saw it yesterday. Can you can you say can you say my man from Orlando's name for us? <laughs> hey, hey, Jay, <laughs> look, look. First of all, Vucevic. I yes! got it. All right? I've been yes! practicing on it all. I was practicing <laughs> on it all yesterday. But you know, I you know I'm not good with names. I'm still calling Bam Bam out of the Bayou. Hey, look, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Like I tell everybody. This ain't no damn English class. We're talking <laughs> basketball here. And you know what the hell I'm trying to say. Exactly. But I was working on I, I love you, Perk. Hey, hey, but Jay, Key, Zoo, I was working on Big Vucevic's name all day. You see how, how good I, I can say it right now. I was working on it all last night, Vucevic. You're I the got best it. Part. You're and the here's best. the thing. You got to work on uh, Bogdanovich <laughs> because uh, the NBA second half schedule has come out. And I was just looking at it right now. Jazz Lakers. Twice in three nights. Jazz mm. Lakers, April 17th. Mm. Jazz Lakers, April 19th, Park. Mm. Mm. That's some smoke. That's some smoke. Look, but I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be a different story when Dennis Schroeder gets back. But the Jazz right now still have the better team. You know, I, I want to say this, Key, and I know you feel some type of way. And look, I thought at the beginning of the season, in the offseason, I thought the Lakers upgraded tremendously. But I think right now with Anthony Davis being out and Dennis Schroeder being out, it has been a blessing in disguise for the Lakers because now they're able to see that their role players are not what they thought they were and that they do need to upgrade even more at the shoot at the uh for us getting shooting in there. Maybe getting a guy like JJ Reddick and acquiring a big man like a Son Whiteside or maybe Andre Drummond because no disrespect to Marcus All. But he's just yeah. not it right now. He's yeah. not that dynamic roller. He's not that anchor on the defensive end, and they need that. They missed JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard tremendously. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. The Lakers, no rest for the weary. Losers of four in a row welcoming Dame and the Blazers into Los Angeles. Second half of the doubleheader. Pacers and the struggling Celtics will be up first. Perk, thank you so much. All right, big Perk. I appreciate it, oh, fellas. Hey, Vucevic. Vucevic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just make it till it rolls off the tongue. No big deal. Bam, out of the bayou. Out of the bayou. (laughs) Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. And a reminder, when you gift a year of ESPN+, Plus, you're giving thousands of live events, exclusive originals, the full 30 for 30 library, and more. Surprise the sports fan in your life for the year of ESPN+. Plus. Visit ESPNplus.com slash gift a year for more details. On the way, we all know about what Zach Wilson's done at BYU. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. No idea what a, what is this thing called? <laughs> wish me sandwich. Tell me what a that wish is. me sandwich. You never had one, Jay? I've not had. One. I bet you, I Alan, bu- have. Wish you had some meat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so two slices of bread, basically. Hey, man. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Big night of college basketball on ESPN. We're going to get the thoughts of Jay Will on that. You got Gonzaga. You got most of the top five in action. Too bad Baylor, West Virginia was canceled. You have the Bears there as well. We'll talk about it here in just one moment as the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. The finalist list has been unveiled. Quick thing. Key, take me inside here as a college football player. I know you played the wide receiver position and you don't recruit a ton of quarterbacks in any given class the way you would wide receivers. But what would you think if you were a quarterback and you wanted to play for your dream school. Mm-hmm. You're good enough to play for your dream school. Absolutely. You're an in-state kid, so they know about you. And they said, sorry we can't take you because we have a guy and we promised the guy mm-hmm. if he committed, we wouldn't recruit anyone else to compete with him. What would you think if you were the other QB that was dying to play for this team and got jilted? I got to go play for somebody else. What does it tell you about the program, though, in question? Nothing, really. Nothing? I mean, they, they, they decided to go, and they only offering one or two scholarships for quarterback per year, and I have to accept the fact that I'm not better than the guy that's already committed to So them. it's not like Alabama where they bring in a ton of dudes or SC when they've kind of brought in a ton of guys and they just whittle it out. You're okay with just going with the one guy? Yeah, I mean, if that's the guy that they think is the guy. So here's the thing. That guy's name was Jack Tuttle. You probably know him from the Southern yeah, California yeah. football scene. He played at the University of Utah, and Utah said, if you commit to us, 
don't worry. You're the guy. And he asked for it. He actually said, if you do this, you can't recruit anybody else. But if you do it, you got me. So there's another kid from Draper, Utah, who said, I'd love to play for Utah. My family is so hardcore Utah that we sit on the 50-yard line at games at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City, and our seats are so good, they're right next to head coach Kyle Whittingham's family. And they said, I'd love to play for you. And they told Zach Wilson, sorry, man, we got Jack Tuttle. Long story short, Zach Wilson goes to the rival BYU. He could be a top two selection in the NFL draft. And nothing against Jack Tuttle. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. He transfers from Utah. He's at Indiana now. He's played well in a relief role for Michael Penix Jr. But it sometimes just goes to show you. My childhood team, I bleed red, whatever they say out there. Sorry, man, we've got any room for you. And now Zach Wilson wore white and blue, and Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. Well, it happens in all sports, though. I mean, they, they have a number that they want to recruit at different positions that year. And sometimes guys are seen earlier, mm-hmm. and they commit to them earlier, and guys are late uh, bloomers. bloomers. Yeah. And then so it happens, though. I, it happens. Then you just take your show on the road. Yeah. Best of luck to Jack Tuttle moving forward. He's got a lot of talent. But it's just another cool thing on the rise for Zach Wilson. All right, from college football to college basketball, the season's heating up. We're getting close, less than three weeks from Selection Sunday. That means the Wendy's wouldn't watch has begun. You hear the clapping of the 2002 Wendy's Wooden Award winner. Who is that? Mistaken. Is he with us? <laughs> Carlos Boozer. I'm right here, baby. It was a Duke player, not Carlos my Boozer. <laughs> Go to ESPN. Couldn't do it without booze. That's my guy. <laughs> and search Wendy's Wooden Watch for the late season top 20 nominees. The men's and women's list, by the way, is on there. Two players on the late season top uh, list are on ESPN tonight. Michigan's Hunter Dickinson, fantastic freshman, pe- playing for the old great freshman, Juwan Howard, and Iowa's Luca Garza, the front runner now for player of the year. Jay, you can see the game tonight on ESPN. Gonzaga's going to be in action. Ohio State, Michigan State later in action. Huge night of college hoops. How do you see Michigan, Iowa with Wolverine standing right at the top of the Big Ten right now? Well, look, Michigan's a really good team. Isaiah Livers can knock down a lot of shots, and I like the way they play, too. Juwan Howard should be coach of the year, in my opinion. Iowa is going to be interesting. Sometimes I feel like they lack the uh, the scoring punch, and defensively I think there's some issues there. But still, look, they're talented. I, I think the team that's going to rise to the occasion in the Big Ten is Illinois. And a, a player that really nobody's talking about because everybody does focus on Luca Garza, who I think has a chance to contend with him for National Player of the Year, is uh, Ayo Dasami. I always kind of butcher his name a little bit, but the kid is so talented. He's averaging 21 points per game, six and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. And I think that is the name that people need to recognize going into the tournament. He can catch a lot of headway through the NCAA tournament because people will start to know that name and hear it more and more and more. You should let me fill out your ballot this year for the Wooden Award. Oh, because you have the vote, right, Jay? Yes, I do. You should Always let me vote. do it. They let me do it. For Who me. would you pick, Key? Who would you pick? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let you fill uh, up my ballot. <laughs> I'll just check a name. How about Evan <laughs> Mobley of USC? Evan Mobley I was of USC. I say Mobley, but I didn't want to be a homer. I didn't want to be no, a you homer. Can be a homer. Playing well. be a homer. No, Mobley's playing well. USC's basketball team is playing well. I just check a box though. Whatever. But who's ever at the top? Check. <laughs> 
And as Jay said, if you want to check out Ayo Dusomu tonight, Illinois is actually playing Nebraska. Nebraska is a little rough tonight on the Big Ten yeah, Network. Yeah. And they also have another guy besides Ayo. They have this kid named Kofi Coburn. So he's really worth watching. I will be watching Nebraska basketball. Sorry. <laughs> or as they call it, Nebraska ball out there. So Iowa-Michigan tonight, ESPN, and then the double dip on the second half, Ohio State and Michigan State. You also have, as I said, Illinois in action tonight and top-ranked Gonzaga. Big, big night for college basketball. The John R. Wooden Award is presented by Wendy's. And we should mention they've been handing out the John R. Men's Wooden Award winner since 1977. Marcus Johnson was the very first winner. Jay, of course, won it in 02. And a great they thing they've started the John Jay didn't win it. They've been handing out Thank the Women's you, Award they winner. Get, you, all you got to do is go to Duke. They're going to give you an award. It ain't nothing new. <laughs> there are many. Along Duke. with some other stuff, Jay. <laughs> I paid for it, Key. I paid for it. Yeah, I know. You paid for it with the money that they, they get. <clears throat> nope. Never mind. Nope. Nothing Not to pay for here. Greenies up nope. next. Free for you with Mel Kuyper Jr. and Brian Windhorst. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.